Hello and welcome back to a Thanksgiving episode of Line em Up. Happy Thanksgiving to all our listeners out there. Hope if you are listening to this on the holiday that you are enjoying time with your family. And if you're listening to this after the holiday that you enjoyed uh, a nice meal and some great football. And back to discuss that great football with me as always is Eric. Yeah, welcome back everyone. Thanks for joining us. Always thankful to have you guys listening to our podcast and support that you guys bring. Um, another great week of football. I'm excited to talk about it with John here. Yeah, what what better way to celebrate Thanksgiving uh, podcast style than to talk some football? Uh, and in case you missed it last week, there was some pretty bonkers action. Started out with a pretty classic performance by the Patriots defense, shutting out the Falcons 25-0 to on Thursday night. And then kicked off the, the afternoon games on uh, on Sunday with a, some may call it a surprise, some may call it an inevitability, Jonathan Taylor destroying the Bills, Colts 41, Bills 15. Then in a battle of the backup quarterbacks, we had Ravens prevailing over Eric's Bears, uh, 16-13, Andy Dalton getting in that game, but losing uh, to Tyler Huntley and the Ravens. Uh, another low-scoring affair between the Browns and the Lions as the Browns win 13-10. Nick Chubb uh, pretty much carrying the load offensively for the Browns in that one, 130 yards rushing, had a receiving touchdown as well. Then in pr- probably the surprise of the week, Texans 22, Titans 13, Texans defense, huge game, four interceptions, two sacks, uh, and was all around the ball all game. Uh, Another surprising result, a little less so, Vikings 34, Packers 31, Justin Jefferson all over the field, 169 yards and two touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers did throw for almost 400 yards and four touchdowns himself, but it was not enough for the Packers to get a win as the Vikings take that one. Then Dolphins 24, Jets 17 in a battle of bottom feeders. Uh, Tua, pretty good, 273 yards, two touchdowns, did throw a pick. Elijah Moore, really good for the Jets, uh, eight catches, 141 yards and a touchdown, and but was not enough for Joe Flack, the Joe Flacco-led Jets to get the win there. Then uh, the surging Eagles pick up another win, uh, 40 to 29 over the Saints. Jalen Hurts, uh, again, you know, decent in the air, but a monster on the ground. 69 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns. The Eagles' rushing offense overall continues to just dominate teams uh, with 50, 50 total attempts, Eric. Crazy number there. And uh, 242 yards, three touchdowns on the ground, almost five yards a carry. Then in the Ron Rivera Cam Newton Bowl, Washington football team did come out ahead, uh, 27 to 21. Although Cam did have a good uh, sort of reintroduction as a starter for the Carolina Panthers, did have three total touchdowns, but they did not come away with the win. 49ers did come away with the win in dominant fashion over the Jaguars, 30 to 10. Debo Samuel played mostly running back in this game, got uh, right around 100 total yards and a rushing touchdown. Bengals 32, Raiders 13, Joe Mixon 130 yards, two touchdowns as the Bengals roll in Vegas. And then much more defensive affair than we would have expected from this game. Chiefs 19, Cowboys 9. Cowboys offensive line could not contain the Chiefs defense, especially Chris Jones, who set a new career high with three and a half sacks. Then as as Colt McCoy continues to... Uh, quarterback the Arizona Cardinals in Kyler Murray absence. He continues to quarterback them to victories, this time against the Seahawks as the Cardinals win 23-13. to McCoy with 328 yards and two touchdowns. Then in 
easily the most entertaining game of the weekend. And I think we'll have plenty to say about this in just a moment. Chargers 41, Steelers 37, Justin Herbert over 450 yards total offense with three touchdowns. And then Austin Eckler uh, over 100 yards of total offense and four touchdowns, two in the air, two on the ground. And then we rounded off the slate last week with a pretty predictable game. Buccaneers 30, Giants 10, Brady good. Uh, 300 plus yards, two touchdowns, Buccaneers 5-0 at home. So Eric, now that we've gone through all of that, of those games, which one stood out the most uh, to you when you're thinking about everything that went on in week 11? Yeah, I I mean, the question that I'm going to pose to you is actually regarding the Chargers-Steelers game that you are referencing. I think it was a higher scoring game that we anticipated the Steelers put up 27 points in the fourth quarter, um, and then the Chargers tacked down 14 of their own to kind of hold on to this lead. Uh, it was, from my perspective, kind of a maybe a sluggish or a lower scoring game uh, heading into the halftime, um, and then kind of this explosion in the second half. So I'm curious to know what your thoughts and takeaways were from this game, how you feel about the Chargers leaving this game, how you feel about your own Steelers leaving this game uh, with this uh, primetime matchup. So funnily enough, I think if you want to view it this way, and I'm choosing to view it this way, you can come out of this game feeling better for both teams. The fact that the Steelers were able to put up this amount of points uh, was really encouraging. Although, if you saw the last drive of that game where the Steelers' uh, offensive line just got bum-rushed as they were trying to make one last final attempt to uh, win the game and just got, I think Ben got sacked the first two plays of that drive, and then pretty much nothing happened from there. Um, So they definitely still have problems offensively, especially with the offensive line. But I think the offense looked probably as good as it has all season. Um, They did benefit from some short fields in the second half, especially with a blocked punt and a uh, Justin Herbert interception that definitely helped them out. But I think overall, if they can get this level of offensive performance – they're definitely a playoff team and maybe one that can make noise. On the other side of things, this is what you want to see out of the Chargers. They have all the weapons. Justin Herbert is a rising star in this league, and this is you know the Alvin Kamara-esque role that we envisioned uh, for Austin Eckler that we saw in this game. And so this is what I feel like you should expect, especially going up against a Steelers defense that was without TJ Watt, that was without Minka Fitzpatrick, and was without Joe Hayden for most of that game. So you should be able to take advantage of that defense, and they did. And so I think it's it's a promising sign for the Chargers if they can sort of keep that level of performance going offensively. That's absolutely fascinating here because I guess my kind of takeaways from this game are actually negative from both teams. So that's actually why I posited this question to you. Uh, I guess from my perspective, it's a little worrying for the Chargers defense to be giving up this many points to the Steelers uh, offense, who I think we can agree has been uh, not as efficient or not as effective over the past couple of weeks. Like you said, there were a couple short fields, but they haven't been able to keep them out of the end zone. So how are they going to match up against a better uh, offensive system? Um, from a, from a future matchups is, is my concern for the Chargers. Obviously, you said that their offense looks good. Uh, we've got to keep an eye on 
their offense and their special teams, making sure that they're not they're limiting their turnovers. Um, so make sure they're a little more, uh, I guess, controlled, I guess. Um, so that's my concern for the Chargers. I, I'm kind of worried about their presence if and uh, I guess if they make the playoffs, um, which they're in position to do so. And on the other side, for me, the Steelers, I mean, their defense is my concern. Like you said, there are a lot of injuries. So hopefully when uh, everybody gets healthy, if they get healthy this season, uh, they kind of shore up those holes. But for me, it, it's kind of surprising that the Steelers in, of their own kind of gave up their gave up 41 points to this Chargers offense and makes me question of whether they can compete and uh, in this AFC um, after losing this tough battle. Um, to the Chargers here. I don't put any stock in it just because I, I've said this all along. I think TJ Watt is the biggest difference maker of any player on any team defensively. And so for him to be out of the game and then for the Steelers to be missing two of their best coverage mm-hmm. players in uh, Fitzpatrick and Hayden, I, I don't put a lot of stock in the fact that, yeah, they gave up a ton of yards. They gave up over 500 total yards, but when really you only have on that defense one true difference maker in Cam Hayward left on the field if you're taking away Watt and Fitzpatrick and Hayden, uh, I think it's it's hard to stop a good team like that when you're minus so many pieces and uh, they're flowing and, and clicking and, and you know just firing on all cylinders. And so... I, again, if this is the, is this what we see from the Steelers defensively going forward? Yeah, no chance they make the playoffs. But if those guys get back healthy, and everything I've seen this week is that most of them, if not all of them, should be back for the matchup against Cincinnati this week, then you you'd expect them to play better defensively. And if they can sort of make the same plays they were making offensively, they have a they have a chance to make the playoffs. Or, or like I said, they should make the playoffs. And then they maybe have a chance to surprise some folks once they get into the playoffs. And that's the only hope is that we see a Steelers team that's particularly healthy. Uh, my concern is, I mean, looking at their schedule, they seem to have some particularly offensively charged teams or matchups that they're going to be facing over the next couple of weeks. Uh, they face Baltimore twice still. I think Minnesota's still a good offensive team. Uh, we're still in uh, the questionnaire for what we're going to see out of the Titans, but then they also face the Chiefs and the Browns. Um, who maybe a, uh, a better matchup for uh, the Steelers team. But I think uh, they're sending some tough matchups on the way, so I think that's where my concern is for the Steelers here. Oh, absolutely. It's by no mean a guarantee that the Steelers are going to make the playoffs. I just think if they get the same level of offensive performance and their defense sort of course corrects by having those players back, they should be a playoff team, but it's by no means a guarantee. I agree. I agree. And so we'll just have to see. They're currently on the outside looking in. They're currently uh, the eighth seed uh, at the moment behind the Bills and the Chargers, who they just played. So uh, we'll also have to see if that tie comes into a factor, which it seems like it is now. Um, but uh, it will be interesting as they have more division matchups coming up, and also the Colts are kind of up and coming here. Yeah, absolutely. And then flipping to the other side of things, because there were a lot of – uh, when you're talking about sort of teams on the margin here, sort of either teams on the outside looking in uh, or teams, you know, currently holding on to a playoff spot, um, but by no means have it securely in their grasp. There was a lot of action on the NFC side of things as well. Uh, you know, you saw that big win from Minnesota against Green Bay. You saw the Eagles continue their hot play in beating a Saints team that right now, um, 
they're competing with for a playoff spot. And then you saw the Niners come out, dominate the Jaguars. They seem to be getting things, you know, going at the right time. And so right now in the NFC, just to sort of set the scene, there are five teams that have five wins. Minnesota, New Orleans, San Francisco, Philadelphia, and Carolina. And so the question I have for you, Eric, is of those five teams, is there anyone right now that you're really confident in and, and really sort of say, okay, I think they have the best shot to lock this, you know, lock this playoff position down going forward? No shot. I, I have no confidence in any of these teams, quite honestly, to lock up the sixth, seventh seed. And at the end of the day, two of them uh, can. Um, obviously, uh, the Rams or the Cardinals are probably going to take the fifth seed there. Um, but, like, there's a lot of deficiencies that we've seen out of the Vikings and the Saints, uh, whether one size defense or one size offense is going to hold up. I, I think um the, the 49ers and the eagles have been on fire lately they're clearly playing themselves into this playoff spot um but they have a lot of divisional matchups coming up that could play a part in their uh, ability to clinch up one of these seeds um and i would still i mean i guess i would still uh believe in the carolina panthers to still have a shot making the playoffs even though they're losing all the tiebreakers um but of, of the teams that you mentioned, I, I don't have any particular confidence. And I think this is going to be a wild finish in our last seven weeks for locking up these last few spots here. Because I don't think anyone's going to kind of run away with it. How about you, John? Do you think anyone's going to And that's so, inter- that, no, that's, so interesting. that's so interesting that you're on the Panthers. Because I think of these five teams, the two I have the least confidence in are the ones from the NFC South, the Saints and the Panthers. I just think their quarterback play is so up in the air right now. I mean, we'll see what Cam Newton brings over an extended period of time to Carolina. He certainly brought a lot of flash and sizzle um, in the first two weeks that he's been back with the Panthers, but we'll see if he can translate that into wins um, going forward. And then on the flip side of that, the, the two teams that I'm looking at and that I would be more likely to sort of put my money down on to actually be in the playoffs when all thing, when all is said is done is the 49ers, and that's not really based on anything numbers-wise or anything like that. I just like what I see uh, recently from them. I think they're sort of, you know, coalescing right at, at the right time. And I also am have said, you know, repeatedly on this podcast before how much of a fan I am of the way the 49ers play football. And then the Minnesota Vikings is the other one that I would say. They, they're coming off a huge win over the Packers. And the other thing that I think they have going for them is they still have two games this season against the Bears, and they have another game against the Lions. And those are teams that they should be beating pretty easily, not to mention those two teams that I just mentioned, the 49ers and the Vikings, play each other this week. So there's you know room there to not only get yourself a win and but also sort of hurt the chances of the team you're competing with. And so... Given the way the schedule shakes out, the Vikings, I think, have a pretty solid path to nine or so wins, which I think we all agree is the the place that you want to be in terms of getting into that wild card spot. Yes, 100%. Um, we'll see if that shakes out. And obviously, the result of this game this week in San Francisco is going to play a big factor in that wild card race. But 
those are the two teams that sort of stand out to me right now. Although I don't want to continue betting against the Eagles because they continue to defy all expectations, but I don't know if that can last. I don't know if they're going to regress to, to some sort of mean at some point, but we'll see. Um, but for right now, I would go 49ers 1, Vikings 2 in terms of my confidence level. And I completely agree with uh, most everything you said. I think I have a little less confidence in the 49ers. Um, and, and I guess I'll tell you why. Because I think they haven't really shown that they can compete in the playoffs. Because the wins that they have are against lesser teams. The Lions, I guess we're up in the air about the Eagles right now. But they beat the Bears and the Jaguars. They have a solid win against the Rams. So I think that's where most of this hype is coming from. Um, and like you said, this, this Vikings matchup will be very telling. Uh, I think, uh, as a preview, I am anticipating the Vikings to actually pull this win out. So I think, uh, my side is I, I'm leaning toward the Vikings and the Panthers here. And let me say one last bit about the Panthers just to, uh, I guess, put a little more credence in, um, why I think they're going to make it in still is like you said, I think it's going to take nine wins to get this last spot in the uh in the playoffs here and from my perspective the panthers have a solid enough schedule to kind of sneak out those nine wins to get in here it depends on how well they match up against the dolphins this week and we'll talk about that in a little bit and then uh i think they have a solid chance of beating the falcons and the saints still and then so that's three wins already and then they just need to win one more game to get that ninth win against either the Bills or Buccaneers twice, which I think they have a solid chance of sneaking one out. Um, I, I think we'll have to see if the rest of uh, the NFC in particular here or the, the rest of the teams that they're going to play here are going to uh, better scheme against Cam Newton because uh, he's been able to, I guess, match up pretty well against, uh, I guess, a hampered Cardinals team and, uh, I guess, a Washington's defense, even though they lost against the Washington defense. I think I think uh, Panthers have a solid shot still to claim that seventh spot, as I projected at our uh, preview at the beginning of the year. Yeah, and so we'll see. I think I think the race to nine wins will be one to keep an eye on in the NFC. I think I think one last team. Uh, now, I think we didn't we didn't mention that I, I will throw in here that we shouldn't uh, sleep on either. Uh, although we have missed uh, the opportunity to talk about more about the Eagles, is the Washington football team here that is at four wins at the moment. Uh, but they could have solid wins against the Seahawks on Monday Night Football this week, the Raiders, and then they have a flurry of divisional matchups, uh, twice against the Cowboys, twice against the Eagles, and the Giants game. So if they can match up well against their division mates here, they could be sneaking into that last spot as well. So I wouldn't sleep on them. Throwing another one into the mix. Uh, like I said, that race to nine wins will be super interesting, and we'll definitely keep our eye on that. Now, shifting to our recap for our picks last week, everyone had a pretty good week. Uh, I led the pack at nine and six. Eric coming in at eight and seven, and then Brendan at seven and eight. Although Brendan still leading by a couple games overall for the picks. Um, although I guess in good news, Eric, all three of us are now above our consensus so uh we are all outperforming the consensus of the three <laughs> hosts so that's really good news i don't know exactly what that says but it makes me feel better about my own picks uh and so let's hope that continues I, I was a uh, and then that, yeah I, I guess it's a it's a, a silver lining but i guess i don't know how that what that says about the podcast and our consensus picks here <laughs> 
you know, it just says that we like to go out on limbs and and break away from the pack sometimes, and we sometimes when we do that, we get it right. Um, but then moving to the far more important thing, Eric, I went I went two and zero against the uh, fellow podcast hosts in fantasy football last week, and I would be lying if that wasn't almost solely due to the explosions of Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler, Austin Eckler, who I have in both leagues. And then Justin Herbert, who I have in, uh, Brendan's league where I was going up against you, Eric. And so I just think I deserve a little bit of a round of applause there for, you know, going two and O against the other hosts, uh, in fantasy this week. Yeah. I mean, John's definitely win the games that he should. He's uh, I believe you're seven and four in both leagues. Correct, John. Um, Correct. and, uh, yeah. in one of the top three seeds at the moment, uh, for both of those leagues. So Johnson pretty with uh, three weeks left. Uh, now he just needs to battle his way into either keeping or getting one of the uh, first round buys in both of those leagues. Uh, but he's, he's, his team is definitely shining at the right time. Um, so that's definitely impressive. Uh, let me, uh, yeah, I, I guess let me quickly recap the, uh, I guess the current bracket, the, po- the postseason bracket for Brendan's league at the moment. Um, so there was a team that's at 10 and one sitting pretty at the first seed John sitting at seven and four locking up the second division at the moment. Um, and I'm sitting right behind him and I have a matchup against, uh, the third place team in our division at the moment. Uh, so that'll be pretty big. And I would guess both of us kind of locking up this division, um, and not really worrying about falling out here. Um, and then, uh, I guess the three seed is on the other division, um, sitting at eight and three. So there are two te- there uh, two games ahead of basically uh, me and this other team here. So I think it's pretty unlikely that we're going to get the third seed. So there's high likelihood that I end up in the fourth and five seed. Uh, and then there's a battle for I guess the sixth seed here with Brendan currently being projected out at the moment, sitting at seven at the seventh seed with a five and six record. Um, and I believe he has an important matchup this week. Well, actually, he actually might have a freebie this week, honestly, facing against the, the one and 10 team in our league this week. Uh, but his team has definitely, definitely been struggling and he's uh, definitely been fighting for a playoff spot at the moment. So that kind of sets the scene for what our final three weeks kind of looks like um, as we all try to lock up our respective seeds here. Yeah, I was definitely pumped. Uh, to get that win last week uh, against you, Eric. And I know it was probably painful because I expected it to be a lot closer than it ended up being. But what we got, what we saw out of Herbert and uh, Eckler was just amazing. And so I ran away with it. And I'm feeling pretty good in that league, especially about my chances to uh, make some noise in the playoffs. Yeah. Now, yeah, in I mean, terms I, of. I, I think fan- Austin Eckler stepped up for what happened with uh, Aaron Jones in our previous matchup uh, earlier in the year. Absolutely. Um, so, <laughs> Absolutely. definitely came off of those about uh, 38 points there. And uh, I also didn't have a great showing for Patrick Mahomes either, which would have made it a little closer, but you definitely deserved the win with how well your team played overall. Yeah. And uh, then, sort of transitioning back to some real life players uh, who may may have either made a difference for you last week in fantasy or depending on their availability might make a difference for you going forward. Uh, both of them are wide receivers. I'm going to start off with Darnell Mooney, who I actually had in your league, Eric, and who helped me pull out that win against Brendan. Uh, big showing in what was not really a very offensive game in that Bears-Ravens matchup. 
But uh, Mooney was able to put up a whopping 20.6 points uh, with 120 yards and a touchdown. So I like what I see out of him. And he seems to, especially with Allen Robinson down, uh, he seems to be the number one target in Chicago. And so if he's available in your leagues, I would definitely snap him up before the Bears uh, play on Thanksgiving tomorrow. Yeah, he definitely has a talent. I've been excited for Darnell Mooney on the Bears for a little bit now. He got 13 targets last game. Uh, I did. I think he only came down with five of them, though. But like you said, he came out big with points. Uh, and I think we're anticipating a lot out of him uh, moving forward on the Bears here. Um, on my end, it's a uh, rookie wide receiver on the New York Jets here, Elijah Moore. Um, he's, I believe he's only owned in about half of leagues at the moment. I, from my perspective, he's still still a little under the radar. Um, but last week against Miami, he got eight receptions for 141 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and over the last four weeks, he's kind of been on fire with uh, um, over 30 targets in total. And uh, over, I guess, 10 fantasy points in each of those games. Um, even if you go back a week further, he's, he had 9.7 games. So 9.7 points, sorry. Um, and so he's been on fire for this New York Jets team. I think the only point of concern that we might have is that those have been without Zach Wilson at the helm. Uh, and now that we might be getting Zach Wilson back at the helm, uh, we'll have to make sure and kind of wait and see to see if he's going to keep getting those targets. But he certainly has a talent, and uh, he's definitely someone to keep on your roster uh, moving forward. Yeah, I have Elijah Moore, and I'm honestly going back and forth. I have Elijah Moore in, in your league, or excuse me, in Brendan's league, I should say. And I'm very torn over whether or not I want to slot him in the lineup this week because of how dynamic he's been the last couple of weeks. But with the Jets, it is really hard to know what that target share is going to look like week to week. But if he is available, I think he's definitely someone worth picking up. Uh, so go ahead, snap him up off that waiver wire. Yeah, we should definitely now, talk about that start sit decision coming up, John. I think I'll try to see if I can slot that in. Yes, yeah. absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, start sit decision, always a fan favorite here on Line Em Up. Uh, last week, we were both on the same page for both of our start sits, and we went one and one. Uh, we had one of Brown's defense versus Bill's defense. Bill's defense got destroyed by the Donaldson Taylor show, uh, while the Brown's defense played pretty well in holding off the Lions who were playing their backup quarterback. So that was a pretty clear victory for the Browns. So yay for us there. But then uh, in what was sort of a lose-lose situation, no matter who you picked, but ended up being a, a bigger loss for the one we that we picked, Eric, was Hunter Henry versus Dan Arnold. We were both on Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold didn't get, I don't think, a single target nor a single reception, and so he ended up with a big fat zero points. Uh, Hunter Henry didn't do much better, three and a half points, but uh, that could have been the difference in your fantasy matchup. So hopefully if you listened and you had the choice between Hunter Henry or Dan Arnold, you did go with Hunter Henry <laughs> against our advice. those nifty three points there. I, I think I guess we should have took a page out of uh, Brendan's book is Never Trust a Jaguar. Um, I guess, yeah. Pick. But Hunter Henry never got the touchdown that we anticipated either. So it wasn't that much of a matchup there. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we uh, we do better this week. Um, and we are able to uh, pull out a 2-0 uh, starts at decision as we have a quarterback and a wide receiver this week after going – defense and tight end last week so eric you want to set these uh start sits up for us right yeah now? the first one i have is like john mentioned a quarterback matchup after we kind of 
moved away from that uh, last week, is Matthew Stafford coming back off the bye uh, with the uh, Los Angeles Rams, uh, playing against the Green Bay Packers. He's kind of struggled the last two matchups um, that he's had against uh, the 49ers and the Titans here. and so we'll kind of have to see uh, how he's coming out of the bye. He's also losing Robert Woods and his receiving core. And the other option here is the newly rostered Cam Newton of the Carolina Panthers playing an interesting matchup against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, who And Cam Newton certainly has the versatility here to kind of have uh, rushing capabilities. And he's obviously taking uh, the lead here for the Carolina Panthers and kind of running this offense. And he seems to be doing it pretty well. Uh, so, John, who do you think you would start if you were to uh, have this uh, opportunity? Uh, for me, I think even though I like both, um, I think it's pretty clear in favor of Stafford. We saw Kirk Cousins, who is not as good as Matthew Stafford, absolutely light up this Green Bay defense last week. And so I would expect Matthew Stafford to have similar success. The other thing Cam Newton obviously has more upside as a runner, but we know that the Dolphins like to blitz a lot. They're one of the most blitz-happy teams in the NFL, and I think we saw that when the Ravens played them on Thursday night a couple weeks ago, uh, that blitzing really limited Lamar Jackson's ability as a runner, and so I think you might see similar stuff uh, in this matchup for Cam Newton I think it it probably spells good things for Christian McCaffrey to get a lot of looks as sort of a safety valve against the blitz. Uh, But I think it sort of limits Cam Newton's upside as a runner and thus limits his upside overall. Yeah, maybe we'll talk more about Cam Newton uh, with the the Panthers uh, matchup in our next segment. But I think we'll have to see if uh, he's ready for teams better scheming against him after kind of taking the first half of the season off uh, but I'm also leaning toward Matthew Stafford as you mentioned I, I think Matthew Stafford coming off a bye um, and getting back into a groove with his new receiver Odell Beckham Jr. another week of breakfast with uh, Cooper Cup and back in the NFC North uh, against the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field I think we'll do him pretty well uh, I think he's had success at Lambeau Field before uh, over his number of years with the Detroit Lions. So I would lean toward Matthew Stafford as well. But I think this is definitely an interesting matchup uh, with Cam Newton's kind of uh, higher potential from my perspective here. Uh, let me move on to our next matchup here. Uh, I'm leaning or going back to wide receivers here. And the two options that we have here are A.J. Brown against the New England Patriots. Uh, he was a little bit hampered last week and the Tennessee Titans didn't seem to have much offense going against the Houston Texans, which is a little worrisome and he'll definitely have a tougher matchup against the New England Patriots this week. And on the other hand is Elijah Moore, which we just talked about and the reason why I ended up with this uh, starting this week, uh, playing against the Houston Texans. Uh, he's getting Zach Wilson back uh, after a couple of weeks with Joe Flacco and uh, Mr. White. So I think uh, it'll be interesting to see if he's going to maintain those receptions and targets moving forward. Uh, but with that being said, John, who would you lean towards if you were to have this decision here? So I actually have both these these players on one of my rosters. So I actually do have this decision. <laughs> and I have to say that A.J. Brown has probably been the most disappointing player 
for me on uh, this team, especially the one I have in Brendan's league, because he's just been so up and down. And in the weeks where he's up, he's great, but he's in a rough stretch right now. Uh, Tannehill is definitely regressing without Derrick Henry, which I think we all thought was a fear, but it took a little bit while, a little while for that to be fully realized. And even though I don't love the quarterback situation in New York, Elijah Moore seems to be, in the last couple weeks especially, rising above that situation and producing in spite of it. And so I'm going to go more here. Um, And so I'll I'll see if I can uh, find space for him in my lineup here. But definitely he is above A.J. Brown in the pecking order for me this week. Yeah, this would be a tough decision if you were to have this uh, option, as you do. Uh, because obviously you have a lot of draft capital in A.J. Brown, and he definitely has the potential to break out again. Uh, I, I, my, I have concerns about his uh, his health overall and kind of being number one without other options on the team, like Derrick Henry or uh, Julio Jones still on IR. And my concern also is with the matchup. New England Patriots has been on fire these past couple of weeks, and they have a defense that can certainly shut down the Tennessee Titans. So, for that reason, I will lean toward Elijah Moore. I'm anticipating a close game in that matchup. I I believe the score will be closer than the Titans-Patriots game. Um, And we might end up talking about that. But I think he'll get the targets as long as Zach Wilson doesn't completely drop the ball here. Uh, And he'll continue to score fantasy points for your team uh, in the realm that we've seen over the past four to five weeks. And let's be clear, Zach Wilson totally dropping the ball is a distinct possibility. Yep, exactly, though. that's the concern. So, But I think I would still lean toward playing the matchup. Houston Texans' defense isn't that bad, actually, to give them some credit here. Um, so they might actually have the ability to shut down uh, this Jets team. They're also losing their rookie running back in Michael Carter, so there might be questions at running back. So there's a lot of questions about this New York Jets offense. Uh, but hopefully that means that they kind of funnel the targets back to Elijah Moore uh, to kind of get the ball moving. So that, that's why I would lean toward Elijah Moore here. Absolutely. And so with all of our fun fantasy stuff out of the way, we get to move into the meat of the show every week, and that is breaking down this next week. And there are a lot of games, 15 once again, including three uh, today when you're listening to it, if you're listening to this when this episode comes out on Thanksgiving. And it first kicks off with Eric's Bears taking a trip to Detroit. Uh, Eric, how are you feeling about this one? Uh, especially knowing that it's probably the Andy Dalton show once again for the Chicago Bears. I mean, I honestly feel bad for America here because this is not an appetizing matchup. Uh, obviously, the Detroit Lions get a slot in the Thanksgiving slate every year, uh, but they're winless. And the Bears are sitting uh, at the 14th seed in the NFC at the moment with only three wins. So with three total wins between these two teams, all by the Bears, it's definitely not an appetizing matchup. I am leaning toward the Bears here. I think this is actually a fan favorite for individuals to take the Lions and uh, for the Lions to get their first win because I honestly don't think the Lions are bad enough to go 0-16-1. Uh, but I am, I guess I have a modicum of faith in Andy Dalton leading the helm here. I, I believed in Andy Dalton at the beginning of the season as well. Uh, I didn't feel a need to rush Justin Fields out there. So I still have a modicum of faith in Andy Dalton and his ability to distribute the ball to Darnell Moody that we talked about earlier. Hopefully Allen Robinson is still in shape. And now we have David Montgomery still running all healthy back on the backfield. Uh, 
Uh, and as long as they have a controlled offense that continues to feed the ball, particularly through David Montgomery, from my perspective, then they're going to control this game against the Lions and easily cover this three points against them. Yeah, I, I to put it to, to add a little context to this, Shadow producer Brendan, he's on the Lions there. So he's one of those people that you mentioned that's feeling good, not only about getting the three points as the Bears are road favorites, but also just maybe feeling like the Lions can win this run outright. I'm sticking with the Bears. I thought Andy Dalton looked decent, not spectacular, but decent in his uh, sort of relief duty against the Ravens. Uh, The Lions are not as good defensively as the Ravens. Uh, The Lions are really not as good as anything as anybody else. that is why they are winless. And so I, I think the Bears can win this one. It's probably not going to be very high scoring, but I think they are able to come out on top and, and maybe win like a 17-10 type of game. Uh, but I think they get it done. Now, moving to the other matchup of the traditional teams, Lions being one of the traditional Thanksgiving teams, Cowboys being the other, we have Raiders traveling to the Cowboys. Cowboys 7.5 point favorites. Uh, I know that I'm on the Cowboys, even after they disappointed me last week in the way their offense played against the Chiefs. But I think this is a get-right game against the Raiders. How about you, Eric? So I picked the Raiders last week, and I had a disappointing uh, or disappointed in that result when they completely did not show up against the Bengals from my perspective, and they got completely ran over, particularly with Joe Mixon, who ended up with 30 uh, carries that game. And... I'm anticipating the Cowboys to use a similar strategy, even without Amari Cooper, a kind of hamper C.D. Lamb, although C.D. Lamb has a possibility of playing. I think they're going to rush the ball through Ezekiel Elliott, who's hopefully healthy as well, and Tony Pollard. And the Raiders' defense has kind of been falling apart the last couple of weeks, and I think the Cowboys have a realistic shot of covering the 7.5-point spread. I know... Brendan is leaning toward the other side in the Raiders, and to his credit, I think there's a realistic possibility that Cowboys uh, give up kind of a low-scoring game here to the Raiders, and the Raiders uh, are well within that touchdown range. But I'm leaning toward Cowboys controlling the clock and uh, doing what they need to do against this Raiders team on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, and and we'll see if if that comes true. Um, I'm like I said, I'm on the Cowboys. So Brendan, once again. Uh, the odd man out there. We'll see if he's right or if the consensus wins out. couple games where we are all on the same page. We all have Bills, six-and-a-half-point favorites uh, on the road in New Orleans on Thanksgiving. But we're all thinking that the Bills are going to bounce back after a terrible showing against the Colts. Saints seem to be in a little bit of a funk themselves. Yeah, me, so this could be a very much... Uh, let me ask you, do you think, do you think yeah, this is going to be a good game on, on Thursday Night Football? Uh, I mean, I think if you put the, I think if you put the sort of filter of everybody's in a little bit of a sleepy haze after their Thanksgiving dinner, I think there should be could be some fun shenanigans. I don't necessarily think it's going to be a close game, just because I think the Saints are heading in the the wrong direction right now, and the Bills really do need this as a get right game. And so, uh, I, frankly, I don't know that I expect any of these games to be <laughs> particularly competitive or particularly like competitive and exciting. Uh, I think the Bears Lions could be competitive, but not very exciting. I think the and then I think the Cowboys Raiders and Bills Saints could be exciting, but not very competitive. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think that's kind of representative of the rest of the games for me this week, kind of as well. As well. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, competitive games from my perspective because a lot of uh, teams that have 
close matchups or, or records, uh, but not particularly exciting games from my perspective. I don't think this game's going to be close either. All right, keep, keep rolling, John. All right, so then we're all on Eagles. The Eagles, again, one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now as they continue to just pummel people with their rushing attack. They are three-and-a-half-point favorites against the Giants. Uh, so we're all on the Eagles there. The Titans going on the road, like we said, to take on the Patriots. Patriots, six-and-a-half-point favorites. We are all on the Patriots as we view them as another hot team that we would like to continue to just you know get on that bandwagon, at least in terms of picks. Uh, Falcons and Jaguars, one of two, I believe, even games this week um actually there are three even games this week excuse me uh and this one we are all on the falcons as they look to bounce back off of that embarrassment against the patriots uh texans hosting the jets texans two and a half point favorites we are all taking the texans after their second win of the season in that upset of the titans so we look for them to continue that momentum against the jets chargers at broncos chargers two and a half point favorites in denver uh, and we are willing to lay those points, especially after that offensive explosion we saw from the Chargers last week. We're all on the bolts. And then finally of our rapid fire games where we are all on the same page, we have Seahawks at Washington football team, another even matchup on Monday night football. And we are all rolling with the football team. I think the two games, I think the two games I'm most surprised about that we're all in consensus with is actually the Chargers Broncos game with a divisional matchup and the Seahawks watch football team game and no one trusting Russell Wilson. I'm on in football, but uh, yeah, it's just it's just hard to trust Russell Wilson right now with how terrible that offense has been, even after he's come back. I also know that he has a history of terrorizing the Washington football yeah. team, so it wouldn't be a surprise if he turns it around this week. But it's just a hard thing to to sort of bet on, uh, given what we've seen the first two weeks of him back. Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, I think just for me, I think. Uh, while we all may be on the same side for those last two games I mentioned in particular, uh, it might be a closer game than we might anticipate, I think is my warning out to those. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so uh, the ones where we're split, we have first one Steelers at Bengals, Bengals four and a half point favorites. I'm on the Steelers. Brendan is on the Steelers, but Eric I know you've been critical of the Bengals at time, but you like them even as the favorites here. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised about how well they played against the Raiders team. And a lot of you may not take a lot of stock out of it because uh, you don't believe the Raiders are necessarily good. But from our perspective, the Bengals had a solid, balanced game plan. And like I mentioned, getting the ball off to Joe Mixon and kind of Joe Burrow distributing, distributing the ball effectively from my perspective. And... So that's one factor. I think they played well coming out of their uh, their bye and kind of reformulating what their strategy is going to be, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. And then the other factor is they did beat the Steelers earlier in the year, 24-10. to 10. And I think as a result, I would lean toward the Bengals in this division matchup playing at home um, and kind of switching up the division in 2021 here. Yeah, for me, it's 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 a combination it's a combination of a couple things. Uh, why I'm sticking with the Steelers, and it's not just my fan bias showing through. Uh, like I mentioned before, Watt, Fitzpatrick, and Hayden all seem like they're likely to play, and so that can obviously make a big difference. I like getting the points here. Uh, I think the four and a half points could be a big difference in this game. And the final thing is, is that I think the Steelers are motivated. They don't want to go 0-2 against teams like the Bengals that they've beat up on for the last decade plus. 
And so I think they're motivated here after losing that first game to get a result, even though they're on the road. Yeah, I would, I'll take the Bengals to win this game. But like you said, I, I have concerns about that four and a half point line. And it can certainly be much closer than that and kind of a field goal game. But uh, I'm, I'm, having, I'm expecting the Bengals to, uh, I guess, pull out questions for the Steelers uh heading into next week and then one that vegas does have as a field goal game another one that we are split on buccaneers three-point favorites on the road against the fighting jonathan taylor's otherwise known as the indianapolis colts uh for me when i was looking at this game as much as i am enamored by the rise of jonathan taylor as a true lead feature back and someone who's really just carrying that offense in indianapolis I know that the Buccaneers have one of the best run defenses in the NFL. And so it, it seems sort of me like a immovable force meets a, uh, or excuse me, an unstoppable force meets an immovable object here. And so when it, it, when you have to sort of pick between those two things and one team has Tom Brady and the other one doesn't, it seems pretty clear to me which one I should side with, uh, even if I would love to see the Colts pull this upset off. Yeah, I think this will be a true test for that Buccaneers defense in stopping a hot Jonathan Taylor, like you said. Uh, I am also taking the Buccaneers here, uh, giving the three points. I think the Buccaneers offense can definitely move the ball against this Colts defense. I like what I've seen out of the Colts defense the past couple of weeks. Uh, in fantasy football in particular, they've shown up and created the turnovers that they need. Uh, so I don't think this is going to be a, uh, a, a sparkling game from Tom Brady from my perspective. But I think he'll definitely do what he needs to do to beat this Colts team in Indianapolis. Also, I think worth noting, Buccaneers 2-3 and three on the road. So far from a sure thing. And I think that's reflected in the line. Well, then another think, one where, um, uh, oh, uh, like Brendan is taking the Colts here. That's why we're, well, we're, we're <laughs> yeah, worth noting. The reason that the, that one is split is Brendan is taking the Colts. Brendan, who has been a pretty consistently, you know, pretty consistently high on the Colts this year. He is on the Colts. So we'll see if that pays off for him. Um, another one where we are split, but it is Eric who is in the minority on this one. That is Panthers. No. Uh, minus one and I'm a half. Or excuse me, I'm with, you, on the I'm, I'm with you on this one. Don't <laughs> worry, I'm seeing it. I'm reading this right. <laughs> <laughs> my bad, my bad, guys. Um, Panthers one and a half point favorites at the Dolphins. Eric and I both on the Panthers. Brendan once again in the minority with the Dolphins, and maybe he just likes the points. Maybe he just uh believes in the Dolphins and their recent uh, hot streak. But like I said, I expected this to be a huge game for Christian McCaffrey, and I think that alone should be enough for the Panthers to win by more than that one point. Yeah, I mean, to the Dolphins' credit, their defense has shown up, and they've played well the past three games, which they have all squeaked out wins from. Uh, so there's certainly credence to taking the Dolphins here. I am still high on the Panthers here. Like I said, we mentioned, like I said at the beginning, uh, I still think they have a solid chance to make the playoffs. And if they do want to make the playoffs, they got to win this game. And I think they certainly have the capacity to win this game with how well their defense should be playing and with the weapons that they have on offense in Cam Newton, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, etc. So it's a uh, they 
it's a make it or break game for the Panthers and I'm expecting them to win. Yeah, and I think that I think that's really all you need to know about this one is that if the Panthers expect to make the playoffs, this is the game they have to win. I think they will know that and I think they'll play like that and I think they like I said I expect them to come out with a win. And then finally in our rapid fire, the last one where we are split and this one I will correctly point out that Eric is in the minority instead of uh saying saying uh, that he is falsely in the minority, like that Panthers Dolphins game. That is Vikings at 49ers. Uh, Brendan and I both riding the 49ers, even as three point uh, road or excuse me, three point home favorites. So they're given three here. But I'm riding the hot streak of the 49ers. I don't trust the consistency of this Vikings team. Although this is a matchup that, as someone who wants to see the 49ers exceed for strange reasons, uh, I, I'm nervous. I, I think this this really could go either way, and so I respect your pick of the Vikings here. Yeah, I think we're being a little disingenuous to actually the 49ers because their hot streak is not that much of a hot streak from my perspective. They beat the Jaguars team, and I guess they came off with a solid win against the Rams, but they took a hard loss against the Cardinals, and then they beat a pretty bad Bears team. So I guess it's a 3-1 record, but they're also 1-4 at home over the entire season. And the Vikings, like you said, have, from my perspective, much better wins in the past two games against the Packers and the Chargers. And they had close showing against the Ravens and the Cowboys, both uh, or one three-point loss and one four-point loss. So they've had a lot of close games throughout the season. And if you're giving me the three points against a team that's, contending against the wildcard spot along with them i'm taking those three points uh in this matchup and i would even give the vikings a shot to win this game uh, like I, I guess i mean i mentioned at the beginning I, I actually do think the vikings will win this game yeah so i i think that's actually one of the best games on the schedule this week uh it's not one that i highlighted and we'll get to our non-primetime matchup and primetime matchup of the week in just a second but i think that's one of the ones you want to tune in for because like we said it's huge playoff implications uh as we sort of get to the latter half of the season and and playoff positioning is really starting to come into focus and it's really a test to see you know who you know who's for real i think both of these teams have upside i think both these teams have talent but we don't really know if they're for real yet this could go a long way in proving one way or the other yeah i I don't know two teams that we are from my perspective a shot to win their division although the vikings are only two games out so like you said Huge playoff implications because they're both probably both in the wild card slots at the moment. Yeah, yeah, and you know, speaking of the team that the uh, Vikings are chasing down, and they're going up against another team that I think both of these teams I think we think are for real. That was the point I was trying to get at. That is the non primetime matchup of the week fe- featuring the Rams taking on the Packers in Lambeau Field. This is another even game, so Vegas, you just this is a toss up for Vegas. And Rams coming off the bye, so that maybe that plays a factor. Packers coming off a loss in Minnesota, so maybe that gives them some extra motivation. All that being said, Eric, uh, we normally pick these against the spread. There is no spread this week, so who do you think is going to win? <laughs> I'm leaning toward the Rams here. I Like you said, they're coming off a bye. We talked about Matthew Stafford early. Uh, hopefully he's got another solid week to gel with what it looks like with Odell Beckham in the mix here. Uh, hopefully Daryl Henderson's got another week to get healthy out of the backfield and as well as their defense on the other side the Packers lost Aaron Jones for at least another week I don't anticipate him to play this week and uh, Aaron Rodgers seems to be dealing with a toe injury at the moment that he has quoted to be uh, quite painful 
Um, so I think this would be a tough matchup for them against this Rams team who feels the need to show up after tough losses against the Titans and the 49ers. So I, I think the Rams are going to be a, a force to be reckoned with against this Packers team, uh, particularly with playoff implications uh, as at least the second or even top seed moving forward. Yeah, I think both of these teams have something to prove. Uh, they're both coming off losses in their last games and both games where, you know, they probably feel like they should have won them, at least based on, you know, the matchup on paper and everything like that. Obviously, the game is not played on paper, and that's why they came out losers. But I think the Rams are the better team, and so I th I'm going with them. I think they have a little bit more to prove, especially being on this two-game losing streak. Uh, and, uh, you know, I again, I just think they're the better team, and so I think they'll prove that in Green Bay, although I very much respect what Vegas is doing here, having this as an even line. Now, what I don't respect from Vegas, and, and just to be clear, Brendan is also on the Rams, so that's a three for three on the Rams. What I don't respect that Vegas is doing is this over-under of 48. I think this is a pretty clear over. I don't know that either of these defenses, while they have, you know, all of both defenses have really good players on them. I don't know that they've shown that they are elite level units by any means. And given the offensive talent that both teams have, I think this is a pretty easy over. Uh, I guess for me, I'm also taking the over here, but I think it'll be pretty close. Cause I couldn't imagine a world where the game goes 24, 21, uh, and sneak under that under here. Uh, but like you said, I, I don't put that much credence in some of these, uh, or how these defenses, uh, are currently projected to be doing. I, I think the offense will kind of highlight what they can do in this game, uh, particularly the Rams coming out of a bye, uh, and kind of slide over this uh, over-under line here. Um, maybe with 50, 52 total points. I think it'll be pretty close to my perspective. And I think definitely if it does go under, that favors the Packers, uh, especially playing you know in Lambeau Field, out in the cold, um, maybe better suited for that. But... We are all on the over as Brendan makes it a three for three on the over. Now, these props are interesting because it pits, you know, elite. The first one, we have uh, elite wide receiver versus elite wide receiver. And it's a pretty easy question, Eric. More receiving yards, Devontae Adams or Cooper Cup. Now, I know where I am, mostly for fantasy purposes. <laughs> I was thinking you but where, where are you in this one? <laughs> well, if the question is more receiving yards, I'm going to lean to Cup. I think... The Rams scheme allows them to get in the space more open, while Adams, uh, I don't know, pedigree is more with getting a lot of targets from Aaron Rodgers, um, and in fantasy in particular, getting a lot of touchdowns. So I actually think Anna, uh, Devontae Adams gets more touchdowns in Cooper Cup, maybe two touchdowns to one. That's even speaking a lot because two touchdowns is a lot, but maybe one to zero even. Uh, but I think Cup is more likely to get more receiving yards if you're just asking about receiving yards between these two wide receivers here. Yeah, I think the, the big decider is going to be how much Odell Beckham is involved in this game, uh, especially coming off that bye. They'll, they've had a little bit more time to uh, sort of work him into the offense, but I'm still going with Cup. Again, mostly for fantasy purposes. Brendan is on Devontae Adams, um, so it's a little surprising to me that he has a game script where Devontae Adams outplays Cooper Cup, but the Rams win, in his opinion, but we'll see if that plays out. Um, now, the second prop here is more passing touchdowns, Rodgers or Stafford. And this one, we're sort of flipped. Eric and I were both on the Rams when it came to the receiver. Here, we're both on Aaron Rodgers. And to me, I just think this is because to win this game, Aaron Rodgers is going to need to be spectacular. And so 
that's why I would sort of bet on him to have the, the greater passing touchdown total uh, than Stafford, just because I don't know that Stafford needs to throw for four touchdowns to win this game, whereas I do think that that's what we need to see from Aaron Rodgers, and so that's why I think it's more likely that Rodgers comes out with the higher touchdown total. Yeah, I completely agree. This offense is going to roll through run through Aaron Rodgers while the Rams offense is more likely to go through possibly a combination of Darnell Mooney and some mixture of Stafford uh, distributing the ball. Uh, but it looks like Brendan's... I think you mean Daryl Henderson, not da- not Darnell oh, Mooney. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Daryl Henderson. But it, it sounds like Brendan's leaning to Stafford here, uh, which is a boon for me from my perspective because I do own Stafford in one of my leagues. Uh, so hopefully he does get more touchdowns, but I sound... I feel it's unlikely in this matchup. And then moving on from the nine primetime matchup of the week to the primetime matchup of the week that we, and by we, I do mean you and I, Eric, have been waiting for all season. And that is Browns at Ravens. Ravens three and a half point favorites. And I, of course, am on the Ravens. Brendan is on the Ravens. But Eric... Are you sticking with your brownies in this one? Are, are, are you holding out the faith even after that lackluster performance against the Lions last week? I, I think I have to. I think for this particular matchup, I'm going to roll with the Browns here. It's more of a hard pick from my perspective. Uh, but I do think the Browns have every potential to beat this Baltimore Ravens team who uh, had to run home with a tough loss against the Miami Dolphins on Thursday Night Football. The Ravens do have some extra days to prepare against this Browns team. But from my perspective, the Browns have played a lot better than I expected them to play uh, since we discussed their fortunes, uh, I believe a month ago at this point, um, when we first brought it up. It might even be sooner than that. Uh, But they... So you're just just ignoring that result that they had against the Patriots. uh, That's fair, but I think the Patriots are actually a better team than the Ravens. But that might be a whole different discussion. Uh, but do 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 you agree that I, I want to I want to pose this question to you? Mm-hmm. Stylistically, I think there are a lot of similarities between the Ravens and the Patriots. Now, obviously, Lamar Jackson is a way different quarterback than Mac Jones. But I think in terms of how they want to get the job done, there are a lot of stylistic similarities between those two teams. And I, I've said this all year. I think the Ravens are just a bad matchup for the Browns, the same way the Ravens are a bad matchup for the Chargers. And so I, I definitely still uh, would lean hard on the Ravens in this one, although the status of Lamar Jackson obviously plays a big role in that. I, I mean, maybe stylistically you can make an argument, but the Patriots have given up the third least total yards per game, while the Baltimore Ravens are on the second half of the NFL at the moment, giving up 369 uh, about 370 yards per game. I think it's going to be much easier for the Browns to move the ball against this Ravens team. And they're getting Kareem Hunt back, so hopefully he'll be back. I, he was designated to return from IR. Uh, so they could get their two-headed workhorse back out of the backfield. Uh, I guess my concern is possibly a, a hampered Baker Mayfield, but I think he's played well without the distractions of Odell Beckham Jr. on the team. And I think this offense can certainly move the ball against the Ravens team because I honestly don't put a lot of stock in this Ravens defense as much as I did again or with the New England Patriots that we were referencing. Yeah, this is the thing. This is the big deal for me. The Ravens defense certainly has been a lot weaker than I think we would have expected them to be. But that weakness has come against the pass, not against the run. 
And what does Cleveland want to do? They want to run the ball. They want to pound the rock. They don't want to have to put themselves in a position where Baker Mayfield needs to win a game for them. And I think if they're going to win this game, Baker Mayfield is going to need to win this game for them. And I just don't see that happening. I, I mean, sure, you can certainly feel that won't be happening. But I, I think uh, they can easily get Kareem Hunt on space if he's activated. And I think they do have solid field stretchers that the Ravens won't know who to key in on. Because like you said, the Ravens have given up the second most yards per game in passing yardage um, only behind the New York Jets here so I think there's every possibility that the new uh, the Cleveland Browns can use this to their advantage and sneak out this win here and so uh, the over under in this one is because we we, we sort of straight away from that here it was set at 46 Uh, Brendan has it as an under I also have it as an under but if you're expecting sort of an offensive uh, revival by the Browns here. Does that mean you're leading sort of towards the other way, Eric? Yeah, I mean, I would lean toward a game that's pretty high scoring. It, You can certainly say that the Ravens will win this game, but I think even if the Ravens win this game, I think it'll still be a high scoring game. I think they, these two teams, I mean, last year, they played a result that ended up 47-42. Uh, there was another matchup, uh, which you could also give more credence to the Baltimore Ravens winning this, uh, where the Browns lost to the Ravens 38-6. to But either way, I feel that these teams can score on the opposing defense, and that's what I'm expecting, and I would easily take the over here. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Uh, I just view this as probably a slower-paced game, one that probably will get close to that line, but not necessarily over it. Um, but I definitely could be wrong here. That is probably the least confident um, of any aspect of this game that I am. Uh, now in terms of props, uh, we're not going with a Lamar Jackson prop as, as much as we probably would like to, but you know, with his status still up in the air, I think we expect him to play, but it's still a little bit up in the air because we expected him to play going into that matchup against the bears. And then he did not. Um, so we're going with Devonte Freeman for the Ravens over under 49 and a half yards, uh, we're back on the same page here, Eric, even if Brendan is not following along with us. Brendan actually feeling like Devontae Freeman is going over this, so he has faith. Me, personally, I just don't trust Ravens running backs to do anything in particular. I think the rushing offense, especially if Lamar is back in the fold, will be good, but I don't necessarily... Pre- like I don't necessarily have high expectation or high hopes for any one particular running back to do any one particular thing. I feel like it's always just a crapshoot as to who is the hot hand on the given day. Yeah, I mean, Devontae Freeman had 16 carries for 49 yards, so he didn't even get this last week against the Bears <laughs> in this prop, and that was without Lamar Jackson, like you're mentioning. And the Ravens will probably give a hot hand. Maybe Latavius Murray gets uh, more carries. Uh, being another week healthy out of his injury. So I don't think I would bet on Devontae Freeman getting over 50 yards here at the moment. Now, I will say if this was total yards, I would be hitting the over because they have been using Devontae Freeman a lot in the passing game, but just rushing yards, I'm sticking under here. And then one that I think it's pretty easy to guess where we're going on this one, given how we expect this game to, to play out, but I'll pose it to the viewers as well. And that is Baker Mayfield over under 199.5 passing yards. Uh, I'm going under here. I just, I don't trust Baker. I don't like Baker. I don't trust Baker. So I'm going under. 
especially after he failed to do much of anything against a bad Detroit Lions team. I don't see why he would do better against the Ravens, even though, like we said, Ravens not a very strong pass defense. I mean, that's what it is. The, the Ravens don't have a strong pass defense, and I'm expecting the Browns to pass on them. And as I mentioned, the only team that's given up more yards air yards is the New York Jets. So that means the Detroit Lions are actually better at defending the pass than the Baltimore Ravens are. So why would not I take the over here for Baker Mayfield and if I'm expecting them to win here, like you're saying? Yeah, no, yeah. well, I, I think it's pretty easy to see why you would take it. I just don't have high hopes for Baker Mayfield at all. Uh, that is certainly influenced by a personal bias against him. But, you know, like I said, I, I'd be interested, Eric. We need to we need to talk to Brendan about this. We need to get some sort of in between now and when this game happens on Sunday. We need to get some sort of side bet going here because we've been talking about this matchup all year. It feels like on the podcast, we need to figure out something. I don't have anything on off the top of my head now, but we definitely need to figure out something uh, by Sunday. Uh, we can certainly uh, put something on the line for for this game. Um, I definitely do think the Ravens are favored in this one, so. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll pick something with the line here, but yeah, I would, uh, definitely, uh, uh, put something down for, for the Browns winning this game here. All right. And then as we wrap up the show with our, always our final segment, we have the lovely spinning of the wheel. Last week we were again unlucky, although Eric seems to be carrying us, uh, every week in his picks as he's on a little bit of a roll here. Brendan and I not so lucky, um, so we'll see if we can get our third parlay to hit here. Uh, I am first this week. Uh, Brendan has pre-spun, so I will get to his pick in a little bit. But I am first, so I will spin the wheel here, see what I get. It's going, and it's stopping. And I landed on Chargers at Broncos. All right, I'm not going to think too much about this one. Uh, I'm going Chargers with the line, minus two and a half. I know we said that this was maybe a bit of a trap game. Uh, after seeing the Chargers play so well last week, uh, especially offensively. But I have believed in this Chargers team all season. I don't think this Broncos team is heading anywhere, you know, particularly good. I think they're sort of just directionless in a lot of ways. And so I expect the Chargers to win this game and to cover this line. So I'm not going to even, you know, pretend to to d- dig deep or anything into, pre- into props or anything. I'm just taking the line. I like it. I like it. All right, so Brendan is going second this week. Like he said, he pre-spun, uh, and he landed with that lovely Bears-Lions game on Thanksgiving. And I'm not familiar with, with this bet that he put in here. He has a three-point teaser of the uh, under 45 points and Detroit plus six. So... Plus odds, so definitely helps our bet here. But I guess he means that he thinks both of these things were happening. Is, is that what we're going with? Yeah, he, he definitely combining those and, I guess, maximizing our parlay odds here um, just to make it a little more difficult, I guess, for his pick this this week. Um, and we'll certainly see if that comes into play with the, a, a Thanksgiving game uh, on the plate here. All right, Eric. So you, you have the honors of closing us out here. Give it a good spin and then see what we'll land. All on. right. I'm giving it a good spin here. And as a reminder to, uh, our listeners here, uh, while it's spinning is, uh, we each kind of pick a different, uh, prop, I guess, for, uh, our parlay here. Um, uh, John has taken a spread and I guess Brendan is kind of taking a combination of the spread and, uh, the over under here. Um, Call it a team yeah, prop. We can call it a team prop, I guess. Uh, 
but although i don't know it's, <laughs> it's kind of all over the place as well uh i it, i guess it's more of an ex- i don't know for me it's more of an extreme over under spread but anyway that's we true haven't, yeah we, that's well, true. we can talk about it offline i guess to see what it qualifies as but i landed on the browns at ravens here uh which we did talk about at length here as our primetime matchup of the week so that'll be certainly fun and hopefully uh my boys here can uh get this parlay to this uh primetime game uh i've mostly been stalling to make sure i, I can find an odd here uh or, or a bet here that i like uh i guess i'm looking at game props here because i'm not completely qualifying uh brendan's pick as a team prop but i guess we'll come back to see if that's a, a valid thing to say um i did yeah, mention I, I'll, I'll let it pass <laughs> all right we'll see if our listeners our listeners have any opinions but uh, I did I did mention that I do anticipate this to be a high scoring game, so I guess that's why I'll lean toward a game prop and see if I can get any uh, plus odds here. Uh, so I found one that'll be interesting. That is a plus odds. Both teams to score twenty plus points. Uh, so at a minimum, even if you take the under for that forty six over under line, uh, you can still hit the under and both teams score over twenty points here. Uh, so I feel pretty comfortable that that's at plus 115. I did consider both teams taking uh, scoring 25 plus points at plus 360, but I guess we'll see if that even comes into play and maybe uh, I'm playing too scared. Yeah, I mean, if you if it's a high-scoring game that you, you think it is, maybe that's the way to go, but I think this is the sort of middle-of-the-road play here, um, and I like it. Uh, let me punch all of those into our parlay calculator. All right, so we're coming out a little bit under where we are were last week, but definitely higher than any of the ones we've had hit so far. The total odds for this week are plus 905, and so hopefully this is the third win on the parlay and we uh, have something else to be thankful for on this Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, I am always certainly thankful to be able to do this show with Eric, although, Eric, it, we have come uh, again to the end of another episode, and so uh, we will have to sort of save that thankfulness up until uh, week 13. Yeah, as always, John, it's been a pleasure. Thanks to our listeners for tuning in again, and make sure you uh, reach out to us over this uh I guess holiday season to see if you guys have any disagreements about our picks here that we discussed. Yeah, as always, uh, at Line em Up Pod on Instagram and on Twitter. And uh, hope that you all out there have a happy and safe Thanksgiving weekend and that you enjoy that football. Until next time, we have uh, we'll see you in week 13.